Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. If you are Michelin status, like you are at the top, like I said, the creme de la creme of the culinary world. Michelin is super secretive. No one ever knows if they're here or not. They don't know when they visited cities. So it's not like you can just call them up and say, hey, come take a look at my restaurant or hey, come look at come look at Raleigh or. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. 15 years ago this month, Ashley Christensen launched her beard-winning career in downtown Raleigh, effectively changing the course of our city's food scene. Many hope the next distinction and final step to becoming a full-fledged foodie city is landing Michelin. Today, Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam is with me to talk about how Michelin works and what it could mean for our city. Thanks for having me. I'm always happy to be here. Good. The conversation about Michelin sprang from an interview that we did with Stephen Beatty. Um, He was describing the exchange, which is a new project that is already in the works, and how he wanted to elevate the food and beverage scene of Raleigh. And he just casually says, oh, yeah, we want a Michelin-starred restaurant. And, of course, I went down the rabbit hole. (laughs) This gives you guys some insight into how Gina's brain works. Um, Like, oh, yeah, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, it's not that simple. (laughs) No, and I don't even know that Steve, I mean, and Stephen was funny when we went back to him. And I said, did you know what you meant? And he goes, no, I'm a developer. I don't know anything about it. He goes, you know, Michelin-starred restaurants are where you want to eat, and that's what people travel to. He said, so, of course, we want the best. And that's exactly so— I came back, Melissa and I start down this rabbit hole of figuring out what does it mean to be a Michelin restaurant? Can one restaurant be a Michelin restaurant? Can a chef be a Michelin chef? 
no and no. Yeah, listen. So for I lived in Chicago. I lived in D.C. These are two of only now five U.S. cities that have the Michelin guides, which we'll get into. And I thought I had some understanding of it. I worked in magazines mm-hmm. in those markets, you know. I, you know, I, I lived in those cities. And and then, of course, you know, for, for people that watch television, the bear is wildly popular, and he's a Michelin-starred chef. So this is something that's really interesting right now, especially. But I, I thought I understood it. And we start looking, and I'm like, I don't—I said to you, I don't think you can just get a Michelin-starred restaurant. I did yeah. know that. But I start going, doing the research, and we, we do the research together, and it's like, oh, Lord. I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. Well— First of all, you have to be deemed to be worthy of being a Michelin city. Right. That's where it starts. And what we've learned is that typically um, Michelin, yes, and for those of you who don't know, it is Michelin, the tire company, is the same Michelin. Yeah. We're talking about the same brand. But Michelin sends 10 or so people who are CI secretive level into town. Yeah, I, I love this joke. It's the CIA. So they're like, basically, they're highly trained. And they're top secret. And they usually have some kind of degree in the culinary world, which is like the Culinary Institute of America, hence CIA. But to me, that's a double entendre, right? right. Because they're top secret. Exactly. So I thought that was a lot of fun. But these, these are your judges. Right. So they come into town and typically stay a week to 10 days, eat in the restaurants, mm-hmm. go to the bars, mm-hmm. look at your sporting venues, look at the entire city, and then, I guess, report back. So I asked Scott Crawford about this. I said— how does this work? And he said, well, you know, he goes, I don't really know. He said, to be honest with you, we know how to spot a Forbes when Forbes comes to town to do their right. ranking. He said, no one really knows. He said, "We." when I was in some other cities, he goes, if somebody made a reservation for two, but the day of they canceled and made it just one, and if they sat there taking notes the whole time, right. he goes, you know, my staff would sneak over and try to look to see what they were writing. He goes, and sometimes he did tell me a great story about working in a hotel where they were pretty sure that Forbes was visiting. I digress, mm-hmm. but it's a great oh, story. Oh, yeah. And he said, so housekeeping decided to do an extra cleaning that day and ventured upstairs while they were eating dinner in the restaurant. Oh, no. <laughs> and confirmed that they were with Forbes. I was like, That's... I don't think I should tell that story. He goes, it's a long time ago. <laughs> But I thought that was super funny. But he said Michelin is super secretive. No one ever knows if they're here or not. They don't know when they visited cities. So it's not like you can just call them up and say, hey, come take a look at my restaurant. Or, hey, come look at come look at Raleigh or, you know, Greensboro yeah, or Charlotte. This is nothing like—okay, so people may or may not be familiar with the Beard Awards. But we have the Beard Awards. Those are U.S. awards. We, right. We've talked about them frequently. Um, Ashley Christensen's our one and only Raleigh Beard winning chef. And this is like what we— we compare it to the Oscars, you know, mm-hmm. once a year awards um, of the top, you know, accolades in the industry. Michelin is not that. It's completely, it's nothing like that. So it's based in France. Like you already mentioned, it's the tire company. <laughs> and, I, you know, they decided about 100 years ago to dip their toes in the culinary world and somehow became like the creme de la creme, like the epitome. Gold of, standard. The gold standard of like if you are Michelin status, like you are at the top of, like like I said, the creme de la creme of the culinary world. And so what they do is they come, they, they deem you worthy, like you said, but they they release a guide. Mm-hmm. So, so a little book. It's a little red book. Right. And so and definitely grab the issue. Like there's pictures and, and this is all broken down in there too. But it's 
this beautiful guide. It's red. It's it's very like renowned and well known. It has the um the little Michelin man on it whose name I'm not gonna pronounce it right, but it's like yeah. Bibendum. <laughs> no, no. The little tire dude. But anyway, so it's a guide. And it doesn't mean that everybody in the guide, every restaurant in the guide is not necessarily star status. Right. So you you come they come to a city, they like revere the city as a Michelin city, and the city is a guide. The guide has however many restaurants. Some of those restaurants may earn Michelin stars, and you can have up to three. Right. Three-star restaurants are, like— Rare. Yeah. I want to say there's, like—well, there was only one in New York for a long time. I think there's more than that now. Originally in New York—so New York City was our first Michelin city in the States. Let me jump in. So I was having this conversation with Scott and Jessica, his wife, who was headed to Paris the next day, and she's traveling with some friends, and she said, we've made reservations at Michelin restaurants. She goes, but I wouldn't want to go—she goes, they're all wonderful, but a a three-star Michelin restaurant is probably a six-hour meal. It's a production. It's it's not the oh. same as going to a one-star meal restaurant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so it, it started in New York. That's when Michelin made its way across the pond to the United States in 2006. Right. So almost 100 years after launching, it made its way to the U.S. And so this is a global recognition, and then it took us a long time to get on the map, literally. New York started with 39-starred restaurants. You know, don't quote me on this, but I believe maybe only one was three stars. And then now they do have 73-starred restaurants, but I don't know how many are three stars. But the one, the one, two, and three stars is, you know, right. the one is the most common. But there's another accolade you can have that's beyond the stars, which right. is the forks and spoons. The forks and spoons. And these are given, you know, so when they come in, the inspectors, as they call themselves, and award stars, they don't really take into consideration the inter- interior decor, the table setting, or quality of service. It is all about the food and the chef. Right. And so getting a Michelin forks and spoon designation is really a tap, you know, your award for all that other stuff. Like comfort and atmosphere. Right. 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 And you can get, you can get that, but not get a star. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So so like you said, the stars are are really very much the personality of the chef, the mastery of the flavor and cooking techniques, quality right. of ingredients. The forks and spoons are more looking at the comfort and atmosphere. Right. And then um, they actually have several awards. They dip they've now dipped into like the hotel industry and, right. and hospitality in that way. But another of their famous awards is the Michelin Bib Gourmand, which is named for the Michelin man. And that's just restaurants that not they don't quite have star status, right. but they're highly esteemed. It's, as they describe it, it recognizes eateries that serve fab fare at pocket-friendly prices. Yeah, so that's to be more inclusive. And it's really fascinating, though, because you can be in the guide and not even have any of these awards, the way I understand it. They get reviews. So they release these guys in the city, they review restaurants, and then they award some of them these accolades. But ultimately, the point is you have to— be a city that they think that they is deem worthy. Is worthy. And, and just so you know, we talked about New York. Chicago, of course, is on the list. D.C. Mm-hmm. And then San Francisco was on the list. But what they've now done is combined and they do sort of a California, which is L.A. and San Francisco. And then there's Florida. Right. And it includes Miami, Orlando, and Tampa. And Florida didn't join the ranks until this summer. Right. So up until like at the start of the year— there was four. And like you said, so California was the first state guide. Up until that point, it really was the Michelin cities. It was San Francisco, New York, Chicago, D.C., like we said. 
Well, then they partnered with Visit California, and that became Michelin's first statewide guide. And Florida is now the second. But it only covers those Those, cities, San Francisco and L.A. And then now, you know, it's still considered the New York City Guide, but it has expanded to include Westchester, which is, you know, it's not like it's the whole state. So, But it's really interesting because I think it bears the question of, like, whether or not Raleigh would be a foodie city or whether there's a more likely chance, you know, as a great culinary state with places like Charlotte and Wilmington, if there might, if there would, you know, it's just— So the last thing they did was California, and then the next thing they did was Florida. Now, since then, they've done a ton of things, like Toronto just got Right. And they reissue a new guide each year, and it becomes quite exciting because I noticed that in Chicago recently, when they were about to announce, they got scooped before they could announce it. Some tabloid, someone— got all the information and it turned out to be right. So they got to to break the announcement of what restaurants were getting stars. So they they sometimes upgrade restaurants to two stars or add to the list each year. And as I understand it, once you have a star, I'm not we we're really a little on the fence about whether you can lose it or not lose it. So you can lose a star from what I understand and recently this week speaking to people who live in cities with Michelin stars. I don't understand how. I also know that there was a guide that was taken away. It was mm. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas used to be a Michelin Is there city. a surprise no, there? Pro- like, you know, fact check me, prove me wrong. But, um, yeah, I'm like 99% sure that when I was doing this research, it was like, so Vegas was, now it's not. And that might be the confusion, too, of like, can you lose your stars? Like, so the people that had stars in Vegas, even though they no longer have a guide, like, can't they still say— they were Michelin starred. And we were talking about this, too, because people were saying, like, when we're doing the research, Nashville would come up. There's some phenomenal restaurants there. And it would say that they were Michelin starred chefs. Right. So, so that means that he he or she left Chicago exactly. in a Michelin restaurant. And, you know, but by the nature of, you know, getting a star there, they would be a Michelin starred rest, uh, chef. I think that's for the people who watch The Bear where you will understand it better because he is a Michelin starred chef who leaves to come back and do his family sandwich shop. Right. He was— he. As we said, in order to get the star, the personality of the chef is part of the star. So if the chef in the restaurant at the time that is deemed a star, that's that's something you would take with you and say you're a Michelin star chef. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and 8 rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, 
post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. So if you're listening to this and you go, why the hell do I care? (laughs) Chicago figured out that for every Michelin-starred restaurant, home values went up over $1,100. Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. And the, the tourism growth is incredible. The amount of people that will choose to visit a Michelin city so they can dine in these restaurants, I mean. Well, that is actually why Michelin partnered with Visit California was the resulting tourism. And it was just such high expectations. Um, it was an unprecedented move. But like you said, you know, that that was a 5% increase in the home value, in the median home value in a neighborhood where there was a Michelin restaurant in Chicago, that's insane. And so you start, you know, looking at the dollars and the the tourism potential, you know, I mean, Michelin has a huge draw for global travelers. So here's the thing, you know, there are parts of me that think we're a worthy city. I absolutely believe we have star quality here. Yeah. Um, is Is it rampant? Do we have 20 or 30? Probably not. But One, two, or three, not three stars. I meant one, two, or three restaurants or maybe even five that are worthy of that level. That status. I think so. so. That's what's interesting about the Florida was of the three cities, only two of them got starred restaurants, which was Miami and Orlando. And then between them, there were only 15 stars or 15 starred restaurants. And so it's just just like they had to have a billion to have a guy. But you know the other thing that's going to happen? You get designated as a Michelin city. And guess yeah. what, folks? Chefs are going to come here. Well, right. It, it would naturally grow. I have to tell this story. Oh, boy. So I was sitting um, at Wilco oh. on a Sunday oh, afternoon. Good. I was going to ask you to tell this story. And, you I know, just minding it. my own business and started, you know, talking to the couple beside me. They were visiting uh, from L.A., I said, what brings you here? And he said, visiting family and, or friends staying right down the street. And um, we think we want to open a restaurant here. He said he already has two mm-hmm. in L.A. and one in Vegas. In, and, you know, the, and so I said, well, I'm working on a story about Michelin. Well, that man clammed up. He wouldn't have hardly anything to say to me. And I thought, okay, either he had a Michelin star and lost it and he's pretty unhappy with Michelin or – yeah, he knows something I don't know. She called me the next day and tells me this story. And before she even tell me what she thought, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think he was a judge. I'm sure he's not. <laughs> I'm like, talk about somebody who's, like, been too involved in a story and all of a sudden starts well, to— Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a aliens. conspiracy theory. However, at the same time, like, he just happens to be in Raleigh but looking I, for But places. he is. He oh, said this was their third visit. Man. And, I mean, he has a restaurant in a casino in Vegas on the Strip. But yeah, so I just think, I think the beauty of this is if we could ever be designated as a Michelin city, the chefs would come out of the woodwork. Yeah, and I think the thing about kind of like why we're romanticizing it a little bit, like to put it in perspective too, is that right now there are only 28 titles spread across 25 countries. So, you know, we name the five we have here and like Toronto just got it. 
Toronto is an incredible city with incredible food. And and to think that, like, they just got it as in last month or something or maybe the month before. I mean, that's, on, on the one hand, it's such a far-fetched dream, it seems like. You know, but on the other hand, it's like, so is few. that where we are? You know, and, and or when would we be or what would it take and what right. would it mean? And obviously, there's an economic impact and well, a tourism a impact. huge economic impact. But if you think about it, I was trying to think through all the great cities in the U.S., who else do you think should legitimately would be on the list? I I think it's interesting that these are all major cities, you right. know, all or at least very cities. dense cities. See, Atlanta I, surprises yeah, me. Yeah, Atlanta would fit this model of a major city. That does surprise me, actually. A phenomenal food scene. But in terms of mid-cities, which is why I wonder if they're even willing to do. Um, because, okay, maybe you would argue that, like, Tampa is Tampa? a mid-city Orlando? or Orlando. But they're— in there with Miami, right? You know, they grouped them together. Right. So, But to answer your question, I think the the miss for me or what I'm surprised not to see is places like Nashville. I mean, some of that, like, really renowned Southern cooking, um, it just makes me wonder, like, what kinds of restaurants. Or like New Orleans. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. And I just can't get over the fact that Vegas had it taken away because <laughs> they, do, they do have great restaurants there. But it just fits with their MO. Doesn't I know, it? I know. <laughs> Being in trouble. To the principal's what, office. what happens in Vegas stays in <laughs> exactly, Vegas. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to live here and have known Raleigh in all of its iterations. Both of us have lived here a long time. I've lived here most of my life. And like, I remember a time when all there was to go eat was Applebee's and Fridays and, you know, Andy's Pizza. And no, there was not, 42nd Street. And, okay, but for the most part. Right, saying, I, know, you know, I know. Where you would take as a kid. Like as a kid, go. right. And like now, you know, I'm in M Sushi last night and there's, I realize that's not in Raleigh, but you, I cannot tell you how many children were in there. It was shocking. I mean, there was so many families in there and like just the tastes have evolved and there are some great chefs here and some great concepts and it's just so different than what the landscape was 10, 20 years ago, which, you know, we talked about on our podcast that we did oh. a couple of weeks ago with celebrating Pool's anniversary. That's yes. really the the impetus here. Well, and and we can, all, we can say whatever we want to say, but that chef, that diner on that street is really what changed the food scene here. Absolutely. And, and launched her career and has and continues to change our food scene. Mm -hmm. Well, and actually what she's doing is an interesting part of this. And um, we, we touched on it a little then, but her 2023 bucket list celebration of their anniversary of like bringing renowned chefs from around the, the country, if not the globe, I'm not sure. But um, and what she said about that is being excited to, to show Raleigh these people but also be excited to show these people Raleigh. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal, that kind of growth for people to come here. Because how many chefs have could we probably sit here and name that we know came, you know, for something else? Mm -hmm. And once they saw Raleigh, they're like, oh, I have to open a restaurant here. So, I mean, I think that's just going to keep happening. Oh, for sure. It's the best place in America to live. Absolutely. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon.
want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues, visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.